Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping that you are having a terrific morning. That you see the sun rays beaming through your windows. And making you feel that it's going to be a great day. So, I'm excited to be back with you guys. I feel like I'm back in the swing of things. A couple of things I have learned just recently that have taught me something. Uh, one, about the way God works. And two, about the way Satan works. And easily, I will quickly say that when we get into the routine of things and uh, actually, you know, carve out or structure time to do things that are important to us, we feel so much better, happier, enlightened, energized. We have a better outlook on life, etc., etc. When we think of our limitations as humans, like, I want to exercise, but I'm so tired. I want to read my scriptures, but I'm so far behind or so tired. You know, when we play into our limitations or the things that are not going well or that we're feeling... um, negatively about it just sinks us deeper into lack of motivation and lack of getting things done and that can easily be called procrastination which is number one tool in my opinion that Satan uses against us so I've opted to change my mental game, even though I may be tired, even though I may be falling behind on other things. I've, I'm opting in for, nope, I'm just going to, you know, read one more more verse in these scriptures or I am going to you know spend five more minutes with my child and strengthening that relationship or I'm going to upload one more podcast um, whatever the important thing is to you that gives you energy gives you positive strength, spiritual strength, you keep doing that and it will get easier and easier with time. I am so thankful that I get those little pushes of, you know, get up and do because it will be easier even though you're feeling like your body can't take you there mentally or physically or spiritually. So, little tidbit on 
what makes my life easier to see if anybody out there will, you know, feel the same way and get motivated to move forward. So here we are. We're going to go into the next Come Follow Me manual lesson. And that one is for the week of April 12th through 18th, covering Doctrine and Covenants, um, section 37 to 40. And this one is titled, If Ye Are Not One, Ye Are Not Mine. I love that title. It's going to focus on uh, these next topics. One, what was Joseph Smith translating in 1830? Then the next one, God gathers us to bless us. Next, if I am prepared, I need not fear. The last one, the cares of the world must not distract me from obeying God's word. Love him. All these topics are so great and so important. So for those of you that are joining us, the Come Follow Me manual that we are reading from and following this year is found at uh, Desert Books. For purchase or you can download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app or you can go to lds.org and do a library search for Doctrine and Covenants or excuse me come follow me manual and then look for the week of April 12th through 18th so let us get started so I am going to start by the name of the section, if ye are not one, ye are not mine. Many of you um, are familiar with uh, the Trinity and how God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are one. Uh, not one because they are a blob of things that just mesh together, but they are individual. You know, God the Father and Jesus Christ are like you and I, flesh and bones. And the Holy Ghost is not, but he is in the form of a man. And all three of them... Although individual, individually different, they are one in purpose, mind and strength. And so I believe this title here, If Ye Are Not One, Ye Are Not Mine, is going to teach us several things about that concept of being one with God. So I'm going to start reading here. It says the early saints or the church were more than a place to hear some preaching on Sunday. Um, throughout his revelations to Joseph Smith, the Lord described the church with words like cause, 
kingdom, Zion, and quite often work. That may have been part of what attracted many early members to the church. As much as they loved the church's restored doctrine, many also wanted something they could dedicate their lives to. Even so, the Lord's 1830 command to the saints to gather in Ohio was not easy for some to follow. For people like Phoebe Carter, it meant leaving comfortable homes for an unfamiliar frontier. Voices of the Restoration at the end of this outline uh, says, Today we can see clearly what those saints could see only with the eye of faith. The Lord hath great blessings waiting for them in Ohio. The need to gather to Ohio has long since passed, but saints today still unite around the same cause, the same work to bring forth Zion. Like those early saints, we forsake the cares of the world because we trust the Lord's promise. You shall receive a blessing so great as you never have known. So, this is speaking to how God wants us to be part of his fold, um, one in purpose with him and wanting to come to the fold and be part of the fold. Uh, and in order to do that, we must, other than, you know, living for our sustainment of life and nurturing the relationships we have with family and friends and loved ones and helping our neighbors and living the commandments other than that we should forsake the cares of the world and if we don't we are not staying in the fold or part of that purpose that they have like we should and so I'm going to read a few scriptures here that kind of bring that to light. Um, and the first one is, let's see here, uh, Doctrine and Covenants 39.13. It says, Thou art called to labor in my vineyard and to build up my church and to bring forth Zion that it may rejoice upon the hills and flourish. 40. Number two, and he received the word with gladness, but straightway Satan tempted him, and the fear of persecution and the cares of the world caused him to reject the word. And Doctrine and Covenants 39.10, But behold, the days of thy deliverance are come, if thou wilt hearken to my voice, which saith unto thee, Arise and be baptized. And wash away your sins, calling on my name, and you shall receive my spirit, and a blessing so great as you have never known. So once again, you have scriptures that contrast God saying, we are all enlisted to his work, uh, that he is motivating us to keep going through our trials and overcome the trials that the world sends us and that he will bless us and strengthen us and then you know 
here's the warning, you know. Uh, we care more about the world and what the world has to say or what people are pointing the finger at us and telling us that, you know, worshiping is wrong. Um, because, you know, the Bible says, you know, men and women and nowadays you know they're trying to get rid of male and female uh pronouns and whatever not so um god is saying leave those cares of the world stick to the gospel and the commandments and you will overcome all that and so we can see how he says straight away I love this right here um, that he says straight away Satan you know says and he received the word with gladness but straight away Satan tempted him and the fear and persecution and the cares of the world caused him to reject the word sadly we do this and it's happening left and right currently in our current situation and uh, just know God is not a God of confusion not a God of fear he is a God of order and a God of love and a God of clarity and a God of truth he will never twist truth um, but Satan uses parts of the truth and twists those to tempt us, to confuse us, to challenge our intellect. And we are all just falling on his tricks left and right and leaving behind our only hope, our only rock, our only strength, our only salvation for the cares of the world. So I am going to dive right in into the first section, what was Joseph Smith translating in 1830? Um, it says, the Lord was referring to Joseph Smith's work on the inspired version of the Bible, which was referred to as a translation. When Joseph received the revelation recorded in section 37, he had completed a few chapters of the book of Genesis and had just learned about Enoch and his city of Zion. Uh, some of the principles of the Lord that the Lord taught Enoch are similar to those he revealed in section 38. So there are certain chapters that Joseph Smith was commanded to uh, translate because there are some keywords and key phrases that were taken out so that it now makes it harder to interpret or to understand. So part of this was on Genesis 5, 18 through 24, and Moses 7. Let's quickly look into that. It says, this is in the Old Testament, Genesis 5, 18 through 24, and Jared lived 162 years and begat Enoch, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight and a hundred years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred and sixty and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. 
And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And so, and then Moses 7 is the whole chapter um, specifically on this particular section that I just read to you. And so if you have time and you want to dive right into that section of Doctrine and Covenants 38 or Moses 7, uh, go right ahead. I don't have time, sadly, but... Joseph Smith was commanded to translate those verses to make things more clear to you and to me when we read the Bible. Um, and I'm grateful for his work because it truly sometimes just one word can make the whole difference in us feeling the spirit. So the next section, God gathers us to bless us. The Lord concluded his command to gather to Ohio by saying, Behold, here is wisdom. But not everyone saw the wisdom in the right way. In section 38, the Lord revealed his wisdom in more detail. What do you learn from verses 11 to 33 about the blessings of the gathering? Church members are no longer commanded to gather by moving to one location. In what ways do we gather today? How do these blessings apply to us? And so it says here, uh, I'm going to read a little um, part of the scriptures here. And it says here, 37.4, Behold, here is wisdom, and let every man choose for himself until I come. Even so, amen. Uh, then those verses that were for us to read talk about um, this it says God's commandment together in Ohio um, was a commandment and he has given you uh, the faith you need to obey them and so here are the following questions that we um, can ask ourselves on these verses what do you find that gives you confidence in the Lord and his commandments. So we're going to go there. Verses 1 through 4. Thus saith the Lord your God, even Jesus Christ, the great I am, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the same which looketh upon the wide expanse of eternity and all the seraphic hosts of heaven before the world was made, the same which knoweth all things, for all things are present before mine eyes. I am the same which spake, and the world was made, and all things came by me. I am the same which have taken the Zion of Enoch into mine own bosom. And verily I say, even as many as have believed in my name, for I am Christ, and in mine own name, by the virtue of the blood which I have spilt, have I pleaded before the Father for them. I love these verses. It's not just saying, hi, it's me. He's telling us, the Lord, your God, even Jesus Christ, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the same which looked upon the wide expanse of eternity and of all seraphic 
hosts of heaven before the world was made. The creator, the master. I don't know about you, but just that simple verse right there is like, oh my gosh, I better stick with this. This is not just somebody out there getting on a podium uh, spewing words of what they're going to do for us and how they're going to make our lives better. No. This is saying the creator of you, the world, universe, the one that spilled the blood for you and died for you. This is me. Follow and live the commandments. So um, that gives me incredible confidence. Then verse 39, it says, How can this help you obey God's commandments even when they require sacrifice? So verse 39, And if ye seek the riches which it is the will of the Father to give unto you, ye shall be the richest of all people, for ye shall have the riches of eternity. And it must needs be that the riches of the earth are mine to give. But beware of pride, lest ye become as the Nephites of old. So he does give some of us riches here on earth. But he would like for all of us to overcome the riches of the earth. To look for the riches of eternity. And I don't know about you my friends, but. This life at most, maybe I'll live maybe 85 years and then I'm done. And then eternity begins and eternity is more than 85 years. So I am trying desperately to work towards eternity rather than towards this earthly existence that is so temporary. So Hope and pray that you do not get caught on the temptations of the world that says, forsake God. And so, um, I love that reminder there. The next section, if I am prepared, I need not fear. My favorite, only because of what you and I are going through with these politicians and leaders of this country. They are so just talking the words we want to hear and doing the opposite and instilling fear. And God is not about fear, as you can see here. If I am prepared, I need not fear. The saints had already faced much opposition and the Lord knew more was coming. To help them not be afraid, he revealed a precious principle. If ye are prepared, you shall not fear. I says, take a minute to ponder the challenges you face. Then study section 38. Listen for promptings from the Spirit about your ways you can prepare for challenges so that you need not fear. So in this section here, I am going to read those sections outlined. Let's see here. For all flesh is corrupted before me, and the powers of darkness prevail upon the earth among the children of men in the presence of all the hosts of heaven, which causeth silence to reign, and all eternity is pained, and the angels are awaiting the great command to reap down the earth, to gather the tares that they may be burned, 
and behold, the enemy is combined. And now I show unto you a mystery, a thing which is had in secret chambers to bring to pass even your destruction and process of time, and ye knew it not. And again, I say unto you that the enemy is in secret chambers, seeketh your lives. Ye hear of wars in far countries, and you say that there will soon be great wars in far countries, but ye know not the heart of men in your own land. I want to say, boom. How more pertinent can this be to what we're living today? Yeah, we know that we are literally not going to be destroyed by outside countries, but by people living within our own country who are our own enemies, pretending to be our own leaders and seeking our well-being. But they're not. They're working secretly to destroy us. We know that. So there's the Lord warning us currently. And so the second part here says, I tell you these things because of your prayers. Wherefore, treasure up wisdom in your bosoms, lest the wickedness of men reveal these things unto you by their wickedness in a manner which shall speak in your ears with a voice louder than that which shall shake the earth. But if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. So they are going to shake us to the very core to instill so much fear in us, to compel us to obey their horrible bondage restrictions and take away our freedoms. But God is saying... Don't give in to the fear. If you are prepared, you shall not fear. And so I love that. And then uh, section 38 covers all of that um, masterfully, in my opinion. I have one last scripture here. Let's see if that one. Let's see if I can go there. And let your preaching be the warning voice, every man to his neighbor, in mildness and in meekness. And go ye out from among the wicked, save yourselves, be ye clean, that bear the vessels of the Lord, even so, amen. So, we need to be one with God in purpose, in order to partake of all the blessings that he has in store for us, primarily in eternity he will give us what we need here uh, maybe not all the riches that we wish we had here but we will have everything we want in the eternities lastly the cares of the world must not distract me from obeying god's word uh, you can find that in section 39 and 40 it says here uh, read those sections in the historical book historical background in the section headings and considered ways James Coble's experience might apply for you. For example, think of times when your heart was right before God. How are you blessed for your faithfulness? Also think of what cares of the world you face. What do you find in these sections that inspire you to be more consistently obedient? So I'm going to read one scripture here. 
to take us there. Behold, verily I say unto you that your heart, that the heart of my servant James Coville was right before me, for he covenanted with me that he would obey my word. So we can just insert our own names in there, and he's talking to us. And then on this next section, Nevertheless, thou hast seen great sorrow, for thou hast rejected me many times because of pride and the cares of the world. So we see much sorrow because we reject him. He's not inflicting it upon us. It's our own rejection of him which leaves us with no strength to overcome our trials. And he received the word with gladness, but straightway Satan tempted him, and the fear of persecution and the cares of the world caused him to reject the word. So I'm hoping that many of us will not reject <clears throat> Christ <clears throat> and God because of the fear that they will try to inflict upon us even further than they have. So I am praying and hoping that not only you and your family become one in purpose and the things you want to do in this world, but that we as a family unit here along with our family members and loved ones decide to be one here and then decide to be one with God and purpose as well. And that will give us the strength that we need to overcome. So I'm hoping that you will get strength from all of this. I love reading these things because they uplift me. They give me hope. They help me feel God's love. And so I'm hoping and praying it helps you feel the same way. So for now, this is Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus.